This is episode 89 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm talking with Reagan Pasternak. Reagan is a Canadian-born actress, singer, and writer. She currently lives in Los Angeles with her husband, son, and five rescue animals. Today, we are discussing her new book, Griffin's Heart, Mourning Your Pet with No Apologies. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Authors Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade. I'm so excited to welcome Reagan Pasternak to the show today. Hi, Reagan. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, you are pretty famous lady and I'm really excited to have you on the show today and you've written a book but uh, before we get into all this how I kind of like to kick the podcast off is to ask how horses have touched your life Regan oh I, I mean all animals have touched my life but I uh, my sister was a regular rider growing up and I was I was an actress and doing music all the time so I didn't have as much time but I almost just loved just being there while she rode. And I just think there's a beautiful, majestic gentleness. They're kind of like no other animal. So you had, you were you were around them and they were part of your life, but all animals are sort of your focus here. And we're going to talk about your new book in a second, but I wanted to introduce you to my audience because you are a Canadian-born film and television actress and singer. Uh, tell us about your career in entertainment. Like, it sounds like you've been passionate about this ever since you were a wee thing. Tell us a little bit about your career. Always. It's one of those, you know, one of those, I think it saved me kind of stories that I, I, you know, it was, it was the one thing I was good at was the arts. So my parents, I was very lucky. They nurtured that I was, you know, in schools for the arts all growing up and, and then went to college for it. And then right out of college, I, I started a Disney series called In a Heartbeat. That was my first lead on the show. We did, you know, a couple seasons of that. And then, yeah, and then I just kept going from there. I just, you know, I've done, I went to school for musical theater. So I did some of that. And I, I did a show called Being Erica that's on Netflix and HBO. And I did Sharp Objects on, on HBO. And I have a, I do a reoccurring on a show called Miss Pat. That it's a very hilarious character that I play so yeah it's all very it's all I've been very lucky oh that's mm -hmm. exciting and it sounds like you had parents that were very supportive that always helps in any creative endeavor to have the support of your family and your friends yeah uh, yeah I'm, I'm very lucky oh that's I'm that's so exciting and congratulations on your success I mean that that's sort of like every you know little girls either dream of horses or they dream of being on tv or actresses and and you nailed it so that's <laughs> oh that's so sweet yeah <laughs> And you recently added author to your accomplishments, which is why, why we have you here on the show today. You know, congratulations on that, too. Tell us about your debut book, Griffin's Heart, Mourning Your Pet with No Apologies. I think this is so cool because they are so, they're such important parts of our lives. And I love the subtitle, With No Apologies. So talk to us about your book. 
Well, so yeah, besides being an actress and all that, I, I am a huge animal lover, huge animal advocate, I'm involved in rescue and all of that. And over 10 years ago now, I, I had a, I call him my soulmate animal, Griffin, and he passed away. And I could not believe how shattered I was by the loss and kind of couldn't get over it. And so through that, I started, I mean, long story short, I started really figuring out what it meant to lose an animal and how, how that's trivialized often by society and people who don't quite get how much we connect and love our animals. And um, I just slowly started writing and some parts of it started coming out as a memoir and then I wouldn't know where I was going with it. And But in during that time, the whole time I was really, really immersed in the idea of what it meant to lose an animal and love an animal and what they bring to us and why it hurts so much. So yeah, I would I would write that down and then, and then as time would go by, I started figuring out that I wanted it to be much more than a book, which is it, how it evolved into, it's very interactive. And I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of an introvert. I do love one-on-one conversations. So I kind of tried to make the book very, as if I was just sitting with the reader, the person who was in grief, the person who I needed when I was going through that pain, just talking and sharing stories. And so I'll, you know, talk about, you know, the, how my, I call them beings in the book because mm. it kind of encompasses all the animals. And I, I explain more, more in the book of why I call them that, but it's a way to kind of untangle those emotions and remember the reason why we're sad in the first place. And it's because they were amazing and what they brought to our lives. And yeah. And then I, and then I also started realizing that not only did I want it to be interactive, but I also ultimately wanted it to be a keepsake. So we I have it right here beside me always comes in a slip case and it's very full right now because we just lost one of our dogs. So I'm actually using my own book to, to get through that because it was quite painful. So his photos and cards and all these things are inside the book as well. So not only are you reading and interactively, you know, sharing your stories, but there's places for for photos. And in the back, there's a little pocket. I put a pocket for, I put a postcard to each of the writer, the readers as well. But on top of it, there's places for sympathy cards and any, any, any uh, fur, anything that you, that you feel like you just aren't ready to get rid of. So yeah, that's, it started just coming together in this very, um, I don't know, meant to be kind of way. And now I'm just, I'm so excited about not just being a memoir, but also being a keepsake and, and all of the, uh, all the other stuff. So. Oh. That's so lovely. I mean, I was really inspired when I read uh, the press release about about your book and the fact that it does become a keepsake and that you are honoring. And I love that you call them beings because they they are. They are beings. We're all beings. We're all in this like crazy world together. And I love that it's like a keepsake. And I think also as an animal lover, you know, it, I, I have lost animal. I'm sorry for the loss of your dogs. And it, it, it it's just, it is your whole world kind of revolves around them. And then when they're not there anymore, you look for them, your routine has changed. You know, I can't even fathom what it will be like when I lose my horse who I've had for 15 years, you know, and I, and I think that this, this is such a lovely contribution to animal lovers that you've put together. And I, I imagine too, for, for friends of people who are grieving their animals, this, this would be a beautiful gift for them to give to their friends, because often when somebody loses something that's so close to them, you don't know what to do to help. And this is like a tool, a resource, a gift. Most of our sales are actually going exactly in that way that, you know, somebody's getting it for somebody. I was actually just doing an interview with a vet the other day who was telling me that that's, that's what, 
you know, she, she feels like when, when they're say, when they're helping a client say goodbye, they don't know what else to say at the end. And, you know, there's, there's parts of it they can walk you through, but then they have to walk out the door and leave this person who is in such a state of grief. And yeah, so it's, it, you know, we all need a guide when we're, when we're having a hard time. I definitely did. And I, I still do when I lose somebody, an animal and, or a person. And what I have learned in, in immersing myself in, in grieving an animal is that you learn so much about yourself and you, mm-hmm. and if you, you know, I'd say it a million times throughout the book, but the way out is really through. And, and if we pretend that the pain isn't there, it doesn't make it go away. If we can kind of be guided through in a, in a gentle, beautiful way, are, is there cathartic crying? Yes. I have heard many people tell me that they cry quite a bit in the book, but, but there's also so many exercises that remind you of, of the love. And if we keep coming back to the love, we can kind of get through that, the hard part of grief. Oh, that is so beautiful. And then it becomes this, this, not only a way to process, but it becomes this beautiful contribution and memento of the moments in time that you spent with those animals, because animals, they, they do, like you were saying, they help you through emotional moments. They are part of your family. And this is just a great way to honor them. And I'm so moved that you put something like this together in a time when you were grieving an animal and, and you took, you took it, you took a loss on and created something from that. And I think that that's really beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. It, it kind of just happened. I, I don't even know how else to say it. I think it was just, I needed to do it. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that it helps other people. And yeah, what you just said is also true that, you know, I feel like when they, when we lose someone, we love uh, an animal in this case, it's hard to just accept that we're supposed to just move on. And, and they give us so much unconditional love and beautiful memories and moments. And, and then we're supposed to just say, okay, onwards. And we, yes, partly, yes, we have to, we have to keep moving onwards, but I believe that they deserve a tribute and, you know, they don't, always get these funerals that, and, 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 you know, all these ceremonious traditions that, that, oh, there's one of my dogs back <laughs> of me living in back there. She can't leave me alone for too long. Um, no, but, but this is a way to also just, you know, there's a, one of the chapters is gratitude where you write a thank you note to your being. And those are things that were, were so healing for me, really so healing for me. It's good to, it's good to get it down while you're in it and it frees you up and it's just, it's a good way to honor them. It's, they deserve that, you know? And I think that it's so wonderful too, that you created something that you yourself used and, and are continuing to use. What would you say the message that you really want to resonate with people? If there's a theme, I would say it's allowing, allowing yourself to have whatever feelings you're having, allowing yourself the time, allowing yourself the space, allowing your body to hurt for a while. And instead of being, oh, I have to go, just go distract yourself, you know, just Give yourself five minutes, just five minutes, even to to sit in a day and feel however you feel, and it is so valid. And I feel like you know there are people who aren't going to understand. I have a chapter that says some people just don't get it, and that's okay. That's that's their problem. But you but you have to cultivate the space yourself. And so I would say, you know, the theme is allowing. Once you allow, you actually can come out 
better. You come out better. I, I really do believe that you come out with so much more wisdom. What is it? Why do we love our animals so much? And why did we love that specific animal? What does it say about them? What does it say about us? And, and, you know, what we can learn from it. It's, it's such a gift they give us. It's such a gift beyond, you know, the life that they gave us is just to explore what it all meant and why, what, what times in our lives, did they come into our lives? And maybe did that add to it? Did, you know, there, there are these, because they're without language, there's these, these silent witnesses to so many things that happen in our lives, so many ups and downs, and they just give so much. And it's a gift to, to allow yourself to, to remember all of that. And uh, it seems hard, but it's actually not. It's actually, it's, it's challenging, but it's good challenging, you know, and you come out better. And I believe than if you just avoid it all. I, I, I love that you just said that the allowing because sometimes particularly with pets, people are like, just, you know, move on. But I think if, if you allow yourself the space to do that, it, you're not storing all that, that grief and that emotional stuff and getting all blocked up inside. Like I think you just addressed and you know, particularly for horse owners and equestrians, horses can live to be, you know, sometimes 30 plus and upward. So you can be with a horse for almost half of your lifetime. So, and I definitely think that what you're speaking to here absolutely applies to people who have lost horses too, cats, dogs, oh, horses. It's 100% for horses too. Actually, one of my first, one of the first people who reviewed it is a, a complete horse advocate and um she has a healing ranch for horses and and um had lost horses and that's exactly what the why the book resonated with her it's it's for any animal that you connect to any animal that people connect to and of course i mean my god the people who love their horses you know that is a that is a connection actually there's tons of research behind the horse human connection that's they 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 stimulate uh the vega nerve vega nerve vagus nerve i can't ever say it properly but it, it's there's something that horses can do to heal that most animals actually can't so it's it's that's a that's a real that's a real connection that happens there yeah you know tell us about the book cover i think your book cover is really cool like explain what inspired your book cover well what inspired my book cover was when when griffin died and i was genuinely shattered. My, my, my heart was just in pieces. And I, 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 I felt like there was sharp glass in my heart. My sweet now husband, who was then my, my boyfriend painted me, um, a beautiful painting that was basically, it was essentially this with the, with the heavy boots. There's a little green frog. That was his favorite toy and his blanket that uh, he ended up dying in that that I loved so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um and so um and then he he gave a, a paw giving me a, a kind of a abstract paw but giving me a heart with a band-aid on it. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> so he painted that painting for me at Christmas actually and it's a giant painting. It's in our dining room and always while I was writing the book I knew that was going to be the cover and he kept going it's not going to be the cover. No, Ray, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, no, that's the one thing that's going to absolutely happen because it, it was part of my healing, you know, that his, just his observing me and, and knowing that I needed somebody to, you know, to acknowledge it and acknowledge the pain. So yeah, so it is, so it's, it's, it's a little different in real life, but it's basically, it's the heart with the bandaid, which is um, throughout the book. I, there's small, you know, little symbols, you know, just tiny, just little uh, symbols that are, 
that are there. And there, one of them is the heart with the bandaid, because it's an interesting concept because, you know, sometimes you feel like you want to put a bandaid over your heart and not have to deal with, you know, what's, what's really going on. But also we, we need somebody to put a bandaid on our heart as well. So hopefully you're going to put your own bandaid on your heart. If you, if you kind of explore the grief yourself. Oh, it's beautiful. And I I knew something, I really had a feeling that there was something special behind the cover because I just love that you shared that story and what a wonderful boyfriend now husband that he created art. And he, I mean, it sounds, I mean, incredibly empathetic. Like he, he like really got your loss and created something lovely out of that too, which then went on to inspire the cover of your book. I mean, it couldn't be more special than that. Isn't it interesting? So long ago he did that and then it became a book and it's just, it's really so neat how things happen, right? Yeah, I think, you know, the muse or that creative thread that runs through, you know, all of us, writers, authors, actresses, actors, you know, that it's like, it's almost like the muse kind of pulls you forward, like these little I'm a believer in that for sure. I mean, so much. I love that the unexplainable things like that, but yeah, something, what, what came first, I don't know, but it all, yeah, the way it all comes together is so, has such synchronicity and I just love it. It's so magical. And then, uh, as you were working towards publication with this, how did, how did you choose to publish? Did you end up pitching, uh, like an agent and then going the traditional route and like work with a publisher to to design this amazing contribution to people who have lost their animals like how, how did your publishing journey look yeah so it was it was different for me than I know most people and and um there's a bunch of reasons for that first of all so I had I had, I had a I have a very dear friend who's big in the publishing world who really did want to you know was um offering his guidance and and um enthusiasm and ideas of where he wanted it to go. But my husband runs a marketing company. He, that's his, that's his thing. And so he, you know, he does startups, he does big companies. So he, for him, um, once we started realizing what would happen if I had went to one of the big publishers, um, how little control we would have over it. And we wanted to give parts to charity and we knew what we wanted for the design we decided to open our own company. And so we, we started doing it on our own. And I really was in a very different boat because of his marketing skills. And he's a, you know, he's knows algorithms and all those, you know, that, that stuff. So I also have an incredible publicist and I had an incredible editor. So yeah, so it, it all came together in that way. And I just, you know, I just didn't want anyone else to to have their hands in it at this point, you know, we're people have reached out now that, you know, so maybe, maybe if it's published in other countries, we'll, we'll go that route a little bit more, but we just wanted to do it our, on our own so we could have our hand in it. They would have never let me do, they would have never let us spend this kind of money <laughs> on, the, on the slipcase and the, and the pocket in the back. And it comes, it's, it's, we're, we're having it come wrapped now in a, in a, in a, you know, beautiful paper with a stamp on it. And that stuff would have never happened. We would have never been able to do that. And there wouldn't have been money left um, to, to donate to charities every month. So yeah, so that was a big part of it. So yes, ultimately we ended up, we ended up forming our own own corporation that is going to hopefully bleed into other area, great areas of, of um, animal grief work and um, other products that we're coming up with as we speak right now. So yeah, so it's, uh, it's been, it's been an amazing, exciting, empowering, I will say 
kind of uh, ordeal and not easy. I'm not going to pretend it's easy to do it by yourself. There were parts where like, should we just go back and get them to uh, do, but, but no, it's been, it's, it's been worth it in the end. Oh, and you created a beautiful product and what, what, in it's amazing that, that you have someone in your corner with that kind of experience with graphic design, the layout. And, and I, I, I love that you said you wanted to retain creative control because this is so special to you. And, and yeah. so it's like, so, like a piece of you, you know, because I know you have a lot of rescue animals and, and, you, and you mentioned yeah. you work with charities and you wanted to give back. And that is the journey of an independent author. You know, when you're creating yeah. your own work, it's like, how do we figure this out? Or what, you know, I didn't expect that. And it is very yeah. empowering when you held that finished product. How did you feel? Oh my gosh. You just brought back the biggest memory of we went, I went for my first COVID test <laughs> and the box had arrived with their samples. And when I opened it up, I just started crying. I just couldn't even believe it. It looked so beautiful. I mean, I felt so proud of it. And I do have to say huge thank yous to my editor, who is a New York Times bestselling brilliant person also who guided me so, so perfectly. I've been so lucky. And my husband has, my husband's company is has incredibly brilliant, talented artists that work with him. And, you know, they, they do big companies stuff. So I had a lot of amazing input um, that I just, I mean, I just got lucky with that. Otherwise we would have had to go a different route. I, but you're right. It was, this was my heart and soul. And I did not want to sell out on any single word, every single word. in that has been so thought out. And so I just didn't want to cut anything out. I didn't, I didn't want anyone else telling me because it was such a personal, you know, um, it was such a personal endeavor for me. So. Yeah. And good on you for, for knowing that and doing that and retaining control and delivering exactly what you wanted, because it's a tribute to Griffin. It's a tribute to you and how you are connected to animals, like good for you. And it does take a village to get a book out into the world, you know, editors, designers, husbands, (laughs) marketing teams, publicists, you know, it it takes a village and sounds like you had a good village and a good community surrounding you and getting this project out there. You mentioned charity. I talked to us a little bit about uh, your, the contributions you're making through the sales of the books to to charity. I'd, I'd love to have listeners hear about that. Yeah. So um, each month we're trying to um, do different rescue groups and we're giving a portion of the, of the proceeds um, to different charities. It's just as simple as that. And so the more books we sell, the more we're going to be able to obviously give every month. Yeah. We've just picked a few different charities so far since it's been out, which is still early and um, we'll just always continue to do that. It feels amazing. And it's kind of what I'm about and it's just good karma, right? Feels, Feels good and feels right. Yeah. Totally good karma. And I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate for rescues. I, I have two rescue dogs myself and, you know, always, yeah, I, I always want to save a life anywhere I can. And, and the, I've always had rescues. So, so thank you for making contributions to getting these animals. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I can only imagine you are very, very busy with, you know, your, your career in the entertainment industry and and now you're writing and you are an advocate for animals. Like, how did you get this book written? Did you, did you structure your day or did you set time aside? Like, how did you get the words on the page? So when I first started writing 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, it was just bits and pieces. I didn't know what I wanted it to be. I thought it was going to be a memoir. I didn't really get where I was going with it. And I would stop and I would have all the self-doubt and mean self-talk of what, who am I to write a book, this and that. And then gradually, um, two years before I completely finished it, my husband 
just came over to me. He was like, you got to finish the book. This is ridiculous. You know, you need to finish it. And I really think it was meant to be in that way, in that sense as well, because I'd been reading so much and I'd been just learning so many things that I was attributing to grief, um, like mind body connection and right and left, left hemispheres of the brain and all these kind of these amazing ideas that were, that I was reading just, just completely inadvertently about and, and ended up starting to think about how does that relate to grief? How does this relate to grief? How does, how could I create an exercise for people to, or for myself, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a chapter on creativity and there's a section where you draw an upside down drawing of your pet. And it's, it's, it's this cool exercise that you um, basically access this side of your brain to, and, and it kind of gets you into the less analytical side and it's just good for healing and, and um, it's quirky and, fun and it kind of it's light um those were exercises that I was I started just writing these things down over those years then when my husband said the two um said you know you got to write this book I literally googled how do I finish a book return <laughs> and um I I saw a bunch of things but there was this one writer who'd written down five points and he just gave very basic straightforward points of, you know, set, set a, a minimum time every day. Um, if you get stuck in an idea, circle back to it. Don't stay on, you know, dead idea, which, which was something that kept hindering me for all those years before. Cause I would be like, Oh, I don't know. I can't find the research I need for, to finish this. And so he was, if you can't find it, move on to something else, move into an, another part. So I did, I did everything he said. That's basically what it was. I even, even when I was working, you know, even if I was filming and on set all day, I would still write for two hours when I got home minimum. And so if I wasn't working on a show or anything like that, I would, I would write for much more than that. Most, most of those days, but I never went under those two hours. And I, I did, I, I set those goals for myself and, and followed that simple, basic, um, straightforward advice. And, you know, and it happened, you know, so it was, you just got to stick to it once you commit to it. And I don't know if I can do it. Anybody can do it. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you on that. You know, if we can do it, anybody can do it. But, yeah. but but that's great advice because really what it takes is, and I love how you mentioned like your mind getting in there with you and you're like, oh, yeah. self-doubt and all those things that come out. It happens to all of us. Yeah. But, but those are great points. It's like, if you get stopped, move on to something else, put your buns in the chair. I mean, that is the hardest thing. I mean, people will procrastinate and do a thousand different things on their to-do list rather than writing. But my experience always is holding that routine, holding the space for my creativity, sitting down and doing it. I always feel better when I finish. I have a little bit of anxiety at the beginning. For sure. Always feel relieved at the end. Did, did that happen for you too? Once um, you Absolutely. And I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about. And that there's, there's this flow state that sometimes happens where you, it just starts pouring out of you. There were chapters where my editor was like, you cannot, there's a chapter about afterlife and I'm, I'm not a religious person. I didn't grow up with religion, but I'm always, you know, amazed and fascinated by, I'm very open-minded to everything. So I didn't know how to approach that. My, my editor was like, you cannot leave this. This is too short. And this is much too, you know, big a chapter to just right so so I was like oh I was so terrified I was so terrified and then when I actually when I figured out exactly what I really wanted to say and I felt like I could be vulnerable and share my ideas with the reader and it started flowing out of me and it's turned into my favorite chapter now you know you get into this flow state and sometimes I read it back I remember I read that chapter to my husband in the car and we both were like oh 
where did that come from? I mean, where, who, who wrote that? I don't know. And th those are the most rewarding parts when you get into that state. There's tricky parts always writing as well. But when you have that, you know that. And, and the other thing I would say is, you know, don't be afraid for it to suck sometimes you know if there's if there's a chapter you just have to get just get it out you'll come back and edit it you know just come back to it don't worry if it sucks because I, I I kept getting stuck in those moments you know and yeah and those and then those two years where I was committed it was just so much uh it's just so much easier to come back to things when they aren't quite working yeah oh that's excellent advice in the flow state is my favorite. I've had those moments where I'm like, whoa, just like you said, who wrote that? Where did that come from? Those are the best, absolute yes. best feeling. Yes. Yeah. And then, and that's the rewarding part. That is the rewarding part of being creative is just when it just, it, it feels like magic. Like you're not even there. Yes. Like, where's this coming from? I love Got that. It. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love this, that you, that you were an actress and I, I I'm curious, it is, is writing in any way similar to acting for you? Like, do you do you tap into your creativity behind the keyboard in any similar ways than you do behind the camera? Um, you know, in so many ways, there they are. They have to be similar because it's just an expression, right? It's a it's a it's a way of interpreting something. It's interpreting a character. It's interpreting loss or or um, love. It's funny. It's it it has to be. It has to be somehow related. I'm definitely happiest when I'm creating and and being creative and um, using my both 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 sides of my brain, my my creative part and my analytical part at once, which is writing and acting for sure. I do feel like, and maybe, maybe it's also that, you know, and what's what what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing in terms <laughs> of, you know, I think I have an enormous amount of empathy. It's, you know, I mean, to a fault, some people might say, um, my husband might say, um, but um, I can cry at the drop of a hat and all that. And I, I think maybe that's why I also felt like I needed to write the book. And it's probably why I can act because I can, I can get into a zone quite easily. So, oh, well, I commend you for having enormous amounts of empathy. I think we need more of that in the world. And you're sharing that empathy with others who have gone through what you've gone through and losing a pet. So thank you for that contribution. And I imagine while you're acting, just like when you were writing, you said you were in that flow state. Do you get that experience when you're acting as well? Like that just in the moment, I'm not even here kind of thing. hundred percent. So much of the time I will finish, you know, a scene that goes well. And I, I have no idea what just happened. It's almost like I'm in another, you know, world but you feel that buzz in your body that just feels so good you know yeah that is so cool I just had to ask that question I, I just oh, that, thank, thank you for sharing that with us I can I can only imagine how cool that feeling is now you know going back to the book so how I mean obviously you're you're doing like a little book tour media tour about the release so how are you getting the word out to your readers about about this book and the message behind it well there's a, a bunch of things that have happened um you know I I have an amazing publicist who has told me you know this you know I'm getting so much response and I think because so many people love their animals and so many people have had that kind of loss and they can relate to it so that response has been huge. I mean, it really has been overwhelmingly huge. I had no idea I was going to be doing this much press and talking and meeting such amazing people who, who feel the same way as me. And I, I wish I'd known that back when I was in grief. So that's been a huge thing. I've been doing a ton of press. And then, you know, again, 
feel so spoiled saying this, but because my husband's company, you know, I, I have him doing, you know, some of the promotion, but it's all still, it's still, still, you know, starting. It's all still just picking up speed. The beauty in it all is that I'm just realizing how much I, I genuinely believe in, in all of this and believe in, in supporting people through animal grief. And it's been more evident to me, the more people are responding and and sending me letters and messages. Oh my gosh. It's just blowing my mind and I'm getting the most beautiful photos and tributes uh, from people. And I I swear to you, I, I also on Sundays, my husband will be making coffee and I'll read him some of the ones that I'm getting and we'll both be just bawling and just just feeling so grateful to connect to people in those ways. So it's just, it's just all starting. It's all very new. And, and um, I have, I really feel like this is one of the most amazing, rewarding uh, experiences of my life. Truly just, just realizing how, how many people were in the same boat as me and that I, me can help somebody. I just, I can't believe it. And it just, it's just so rewarding. Oh, that's so incredible. I mean, I just really don't think there is anything quite like this available for people who are going through this. And, and like you said, not everyone understands. You understand the letters from readers and people who you've moved, touched and inspired. I can only imagine how that makes you feel like, you know, like grateful, gratitude, sadness, like I understand like so much. I mean, I only believe it's going to continue to grow and word of mouth is going to spread this thing around. And, and thank you for including me on the beginning of your journey and coming on the show and talking about your book. I mean, I feel really honored to have you as a guest. Thank you for having me. Are you kidding me? This has been so nice. Okay. So it, you know, it's like, I'm just excited because it, I can hear the personal satisfaction that you have from this project, but also I also am hearing like the difference you're making for other people. And like, that is the coolest use of creativity uh, in, in empathy and sympathy that they just creating something like this, that, that is good for humanity and good for our animals is just a gift for you because you have such a array of experience in the creative realm. What for you has been the most difficult part about being a creative but then on the flip side of that, like, what is the very best part of, of being a creative soul? Well, I think that you're, you're open, you're very open. And so that can have negatives and positives, can't it? Cause you, then you're very open to get hurt as well. So, and especially as an actress and, and I mean, there's going to be people who don't like the book and I'm going to have to really, you know, get, come to terms with all that. So that's the, that's the hard part. Cause if you're open, you're also going to, you're, of course, we're going to have rejections. Of course, we're going to have ups and downs. And, and as an actress, man, you have a lot of rejections, you, you know, so you, the good, the things that come through feel really good, but there's a bunch that don't come through that don't feel so good. So that's definitely got to be, you know, the thing that makes you good at what you do is also the thing that makes you vulnerable to get hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the good part is, is being able to really authentically connect with people. I think that's got to be the, that's got to be the best part. Uh, I don't like having, I'm not, a, I don't like crowds. I don't like having small talk with people. I like actually connecting with people and, and um, I've been able to do that. And it's just so I'm so lucky, you know, how, how did that happen? It's just, it's awesome. Yep. Good karma. You obviously have good karma, but uh-huh. virtual high five to that though, because I, I totally feel you on, on those things. And that, that is something that's incredibly hard about being a writer or a creative of any sort art, whatever, everything is so subjective, you know, it's like, and uh-huh. when I first came into 
writing my books, you know, like I felt incredibly vulnerable and, you know, very wide open. And you, another author told me, not everyone's going, you cannot create something that everyone's going to like because people have different likes and different opinions and different things that they like to read. So she said to just let it slide off and keep going. If you're being called to create, just keep going. And there will be the people who show up that love your work. You know, it sounds like you've, you've had a lot of those situations. And in your industry, boy, oh boy, I can only imagine how challenging it can be to remain open through rejection. Do you have any advice for other creatives on like how, how you manage that? I've been doing it my whole life and I'm still terrible at it. I'm still terrible when I fall in love with a part or I, there was one, one, somebody on Amazon gave me, you know, I, I, you know, gave me one star because they said that there's um, too many, too many spaces to write. And I'm like, wait, no, no, that's, it's all planned out. They're all, wait. And they said, but, but I didn't really read the book or something like that. And I, I was so hurt. I mean, it still stayed at five stars from the other reviews, thank goodness. But I was like, you didn't finish the book and you're telling, you're just giving me one star for something that's not, that's not accurate. That's not, that's, tell me if you don't like the book, that's fine. But but, and I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. And so I'm not, I'm not the best person to ask. I just, you know, try to focus on the good, I guess. And I mean, for acting, I should be used to the rejection, but when I fall in love with a part or I come close on something and then you find out you didn't get it, it's, oh, it's, oh, it takes a few, it takes a while. Just kind of allow yourself the grief, I guess. Maybe yeah. just like, look, you gotta give yourself the space to grieve uh, a loss of any kind, right? Yeah. And, and you're clearly a resilient soul because you are still marching forward and you're doing it and you're having a lot of success. You know, it's like yeah, a couple podcasts I've, I've had with other people. They're always like, you know, no matter what you're doing, when you're up to big things, you're going to run into a lot of no's, but there's always a yes. You just got to keep yes. going until you find your yes. And I, I feel for you with the Amazon thing, like, you know, your, your book has tremendous reviews and it's, you know, and you're very clear of what this book is about. Like, yeah. obviously that reviewer probably didn't even read like what the book I is. Wonder, I wonder if they had some agenda because they, because if they had said, you know, you never know what's going on, but something was weird about that when they didn't read the book and what they said is just not true. Like the thing that they said isn't subjective. You know, if they had said that, I think the writing sucks, that's subjective. Yeah. But what they said, I was like, huh, but you know, it's still, you know, I stewed over it. I was like, mm, well, you know, yeah, it's a refunds, just get a refund. Why do you have to, you know, but um, anyway, um, but you know, yeah. And then, and my husband was the one who pointed out, did you read the rest of the reviews? What do the rest of the reviews say? And I, I, so I made myself sit and just read a few of those other reviews and, and I, I, I got back to just feeling good, but you know, but that's also about finding validation outside of yourself, which is, you know, it's a trap, isn't it? Cause oh, totally. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's, it's hilarious how we can grind so hard on that one right? When there's a million beautiful people that are loving our work and sharing the good reviews. Isn't that I crazy? Know. I know. It's so easy to do. And you are not alone. We've all been there. And it's, it is one of the more challenging things about being a creative, but I, I love that you're continuing to go. We keep going, we keep creating and you know, it, and it's for us really. It's like an expression of who we are and in and, and no way, shape or form, I think should we ever stop creating and inviting people into that openness and what we have to say uh, yeah. if, if our soul's being called forward to do it, you know? So good on you. Thanks. You too. Uh, thank you. <laughs>
And I want to ask this too, is there any advice that you would give yourself before you publish this book? Is there any one thing that you wish that you had known when you got into this? In terms of, in terms of releasing the book? Yeah. Or publishing or anything, you know, is there, was there anything unexpected that came up while doing the book? I mean, there, there's, there's parts that are really hard and you're going to, you're you have to, it's doing it yourself or, you know, I mean, I have a lot of help, but, but there are, there are mazes you got to figure out, you know, marketing mazes. There are, there are 5 million different little things that we had to navigate that, you know, we, that were, that were um, learning curves for us for sure. So, Hmm. I mean, there's so too many to actually say, but, um, but you learn it and you just, go on you fix it everything is doable everything is doable absolutely so, and everything yeah. is fixable too i mean it there is with with creating a book especially for the first time there is a massive learning curve and you just kind of oh, yeah. have to jump in the swamp figure it out and then i like to say baby steps right you just take it yeah. one piece at a time and write the book first you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff until you've actually gotten the book done you know so don't let that block you absolutely yeah sure. so i hear you there's just you know and, but it's doable. I love that you said it's doable. You just have to, you know, take baby steps and figure it out. And then you, you get it and you create a really wonderful product and then you share it with others. And then it's um, Marie Folio, Marie Folio, a, a speaker writer. She, she has a book called everything is figure outable. <laughs> it's something her mom used to say. And I love it. I actually say that to myself often. I say, everything is figure outable when I start feeling like, oh, this is just too uphill. Nope. We'll figure it out. So. I love that. That's great advice. I'm going to use that one now. Everything is figure outable. It's a great book. Actually, you should read it. It's great. She's I, she's amazing. I will totally read it. I love recommendations, and, yeah, and that sounds like a good great. one. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it it is the truth. You know, it may feel stuck, sticky, or you may feel stopped. But if you just breathe and keep moving forward, it we you do get there. Uh, I mean, I'm about to release my fourth book and I never even thought I'd get the first one out. So, oh my gosh, good for you. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. I have to read your stuff. That's what has to happen. <laughs> I'm organized and start reading, uh, start reading that. That would be great. Oh, I would love that. I would, I would love yeah. to, I'd love to have you as a reader. So, you know, you mentioned that you started a publishing company around this book and there's other little projects in the works. I don't know if you can pull the veil back any, but what are you curious about? What's next? I mean, you've done this, you know, you, you have this wonderful acting career. Like, what are you interested in? What are you, what are you going to do next? You know, the acting stuff is always kind of like, if, if it's, you know, the next part just finds me when it finds me. And so, you know, that's always just whatever happens next happens next. Um, and I love that. And I have to say nothing has kind of been more fulfilling than, than the this book, I've just really started realizing how much I believe in the, you know, changing the culture of grief and talking to people about it. And it's so from my heart that it takes no effort. I'm actually quite terrible in my interviews for acting somehow, but I, but these ones, these ones flow out of me and it's for a reason. It's because I believe in it so much. And so the idea of exploring that I've had, you know, people saying, you know, they want to possibly adapt this version into um, a children's version because this is you know not for children but and so that's that's one of the ideas and then there's a few other things that we just you know just there's there's things that people want they want to reach out to people when they're in grief and we're learning that so we're trying to just kind of um, put some more products that will that will help our cause and help help other people get through what they're going through 
I love that. And a uh, children's version that, that would be incredible yeah. because I mean, losing a pet when you're a young person is like a whole yeah. another experience of, and it, and it affects you as you, as you grow up. So I can, yeah. oh, what a beautiful contribution. I can see so much too. I can see a podcast. I can see speaking engagements. I can see facilitated grief circles. And I love that you want to change the, the context around grief. I mean, yeah. that is incredible. Yeah. And, you know, Reagan, I have enjoyed having you on the show so much. I love what you're up to. I am honored to be able to interview you about this book and spread the message to my community and let them know that this amazing resource is out there for them. Would you let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your book? Yes. So I'm just me. If you want to know more about me, I'm Reagan J. Pasternak at, at Reagan J. Pasternak on, on Instagram. I have griffinsheart.com is our page where you can learn more about the book and you can purchase it from there as well. And we're on Amazon right now. We're also at a couple more stores, but that stuff is going to be posted soon on the site. Fantastic. And I will be sure to link to all the places where uh, you can find Reagan's book and get in touch with Reagan and follow her adventures. And, you know, this is just the beginning. I can't wait to see where this goes and uh, congratulations on your success. I, I'm so happy for you. So happy to have you be on your show with you. It's been so, so fun. <laughs> and thank you for the gift of your time. Of course. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and riding, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes. And make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle. <laughs>